Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor, Eric Sandler. No guests this week, but that means I get a little more time with my co-host. She's the owner of Avondale Food and Wine in Montrose. Mary Clarkson, welcome back to the show. How are you? Howdy, Eric. I'm well. I'm happy to be here on this beautiful fall day. (laughs) Thanks for doing this. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one. Aaron Bludorn has revealed his plans to open a new restaurant in the former Paulton Rose space in Rice Village. Details are light. It doesn't have a name. It doesn't have a concept. But uh, we know that he and his wife, Victoria Pappas Bludorn, and the uh, general manager of Bludorn, Sharif Mboji, have uh, teamed up for this new restaurant. Uh, Mary, let me just throw it to you. What do you what do you think? Is it is it the right move for? Aaron Bludorn and his partners to strike while the iron is hot by opening a second restaurant? I think so. I mean, this location is great. I I love Rice Village, but for the higher end, uh, again, we don't know what they're doing, but if I assume it's going to be something higher end, which I hope it is, um, I think people in this neighborhood want something uh, from a chef with his pedigree and Blue Dorn's great. It's uh, you know, a totally different neighborhood than this one. So maybe it'll be a little more casual than his location on Taft, but um Rice Village is, is such a dense neighborhood, and I think they will be very welcoming to him. And a second generation spot is super smart. Yeah, I mean it's in in a way it's sort of a shame because one of the defining features of that Politan Rose space was this big, beautiful central bar that had this kind of mid-century modern look to it. And I suspect that will not survive whatever renovations are planned. They might not want to, you know, in a food hall, it kind of makes sense to make the bar the centerpiece. It probably doesn't make as much sense in a restaurant setting, but, you know, I'd be certainly curious to see what they do that sort of keeps that mid-century theme to the building and kind of how they put all that together. Do you, uh, do you have an opinion? I mean, is there anything that you would like to see them do specifically? Obviously, it'll be a little bit different than Blue Door, and at least we sort of expect that it will. You know, I would, I don't know if this would be in his wheelhouse or not, but I'd love to see a really high end either Italian spot or steakhouse spot. And I only say that because the village has Prego, which is one of my favorite restaurants. But if they really wanted to hit a high end note, I, I think that's missing from that neighborhood. And also there's really, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's any steakhouses of note over there. No, I mean, I guess the closest like steakhouse sort of situation would be the Flemings at Kirby and West Alabama, or, I mean, there's that Eddie V's right there at, uh, at arrive at Westheimer and Kirby. So but Doris nothing on the Stafford, but yeah, I mean, nothing that side of 59, right? Right. Nothing on that side of 59, nothing, nothing in Rice Village. I mean, you know, to a certain extent, I guess Hillstone is kind of the closest thing to a steakhouse that's in that immediate area. I love Hillstone, aka Houston's, but I, I don't go there for steak. They put that sweet glaze on their steak and I don't like it, but steakhouse <laughs> would kill it in this neighborhood, I think. I mean, in my opinion, you've yeah, got you know, Rice, Rice University, you've got the hospitals nearby, you've got expense accounts that are ready, willing and able to spend. Right. I mean, there's so, you know, I, 
I, my first thought had been maybe something sort of seafood oriented, but I think gratify the new Clark Cooper restaurant that replaced punk simple Southern food next to Copa really kind of scratches that itch. So I'm not sure they would want to go head to head like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh gratify has got your $450 caviar just waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> and other more reasonable, uh, more reasonably priced uh, selections. I mean, we had a good, we had a good no, like gratify. It's a while honestly back. my favorite food concept of Clark Cooper. So I, I knocked the four hundred and fifty dollar caviar, but I know they wouldn't have it on the menu if people were not ordering it. <laughs> right. So all right. So back to the new, the second concept from from Blue Dorn. Yeah, I think a steakhouse would be an interesting possibility for them. You know, I again, I I don't know if you would want necessarily want to do Italian between Prego, D'Amico's, and also Copa, that's a that's a reasonable amount of Italian. You're right, nothing nothing super high-end, but it does kind of touch all the different styles of Italian food that you might conceivably want. Or just I, do, I mean, a pop, do a Papa's Burger riff over there. Let's just get fully retarded with it and have <laughs> the best burgers in town in an enormous space. I'm down for it. <laughs> yeah, I saw one headline that's like, Aaron Bluedorn takes over Rice Village Food Hall. It's like, it's like that is technically true, but he's not opening. He's not going to operate it as a food hall. It's not going to be a food hall anymore. It's going to be a restaurant. He's not going to do one of these virtual ghost kitchens where there's forty concepts in one. <laughs> you know, if anyone could do it, it would be Aaron Bluedorn. But no, I, I think it's going to be a sit down, uh, you know, fine casual, whatever you want to call it. You know, kind of in the style of Bluedorn, at least in terms of its service and experience. I mean, that would be, they've been very tight lipped about the details, but that would be, you know, if you're known for your like really like first rate service, like why would you, why would you give that up? Why would you do anything other than keep that reputation going? Absolutely. You know, the the one other observation I do want to share is that this really is a testament to how quickly and he's built that team. I mean, you know, Blue Dorn has been open for just over a year and it's already to the point where, you know, the chef de cuisine and the cooks and the sommelier and the front of house people are all stable enough that the the chef and the general manager can can spin off and, and turn their attention to opening another concept. I think that more than anything is a, a testament to Aaron and Victoria's uh, skills as operators. Absolutely. I think, you know, opening a restaurant during this time period would be daunting for anyone. So the fact that they've had the success that they've had is a testament to their hard work and the ability to open a second concept and a second concept that's not, you know, geographically it's nearby, but, you know, running back and forth between those two concepts is not going to be an easy thing if it's rush hour type of traffic. I mean, it could take you 30 minutes to get from the village to Taft. So he really is going to have to have two teams that can stand alone. You'll learn the value of cutting through Montrose on Dunleavy. That is the secret <laughs> to getting from one to the other. I just I give that I give that away as free advice to anyone trying to get from Absolutely. from Rice Village to Montrose. All right, let's move on to topic number two. Miami Donut Shop The Salty is working on opening its first new first Houston location. Easy for me to say on the property that is currently occupied by One Fifth at sixteen fifty eight Westheimer. Now, critically. They're not taking the building that one-fifth currently occupies, which used to be Mark's American Cuisine. Rather, the, the plan is to build a new building 
against that additional, against that existing structure with a courtyard. Uh, Mary, I, I think this is really a different kind of donut shop than anything we've seen in Houston. They they make their dough with a 24-hour brioche. They serve intelligentsia coffee. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Is is the fancy donuts good for Houston? I mean, the voodoo donuts have come into Montrose and seemingly done well. I don't see a line at the voodoo donuts on Westheimer like I do at the one on Wall that has the drive through there. And, you know, when the bars let out, it's certainly popping. Um, I guess they're going to have to do a lot of business to make a new structure and all of the improvements they're doing worthwhile. I always kind of assumed when Chris took this spot, you know, five years ago or whatever it was, was that, you know, when the site was going to be redeveloped, it would have gone uh, vertical by like a lot, you know, I thought it would be a commercial building, at least four or five stories, or maybe a mid rise, um, if they could acquire, acquire enough land around it. So for just to be a donut shop for me is surprising at the very least. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I sort of expected that that old church was going to come down, but the, the, the property, the property has recently been sold to a, a real estate group out of Dallas. And they've been working with the Salty on this. They said for a couple of years trying to find the right location. It's interesting. I mean, the Salty is already in Dallas and Austin. So we're a little bit behind our other Texas cities. But but when I talked to uh, one of the real estate professionals who sort of advised them, he said what really defines it is it's more like a coffee shop that serves donuts in the sense that you you could sit there and do work on a laptop or have a business meeting or you know, maybe even take a date there. It's it's not it's not like some grab and go Shipley style donut shop. Even though, you know, I love Shipley's and and obviously that's more in line with what Voodoo oh. is doing. It's it's very much you know grab and go in and out. Uh, and and frankly, I just I just don't think those Voodoo donuts are they're huge, um, but they're they're not great. So I'm I'm still looking for like. <clears throat> The best donut in Houston, and and if that's the salty, then that's all to the good. So, to that real estate professional, I have this to say: <laughs> <laughs> do your homework because if it's really going to be a coffee shop, I think they're going to be in. They're going to have a much harder time of it than they think. I mean, Brazil is beloved in Montrose. Dan uh, is the owner of that, and he has a tremendous amount of space, both indoors and outdoors. And people use that as an all-day cafe, coffee shop, meeting spot. And then you also have Agora. And then you also have Common Bond. So competition is very, 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 very busy on this corner. So they're going to have to stand out uh, to separate themselves from the competition. You have three no BS powerhouse coffee meeting spots here that are deeply entrenched in the neighborhood. So they're going to have to stand out. Well, they, they stand out with the donuts. I think that's the, that's the key, right. That they, they have, uh, uh, you know, a maple bacon donut, a brown butter cake donut, Texas sheet cake donut, vegan option, gluten-free option. Perfect all for of... all the ladies who are getting out of their yoga classes nearby. <laughs> hey, it's a treat. <laughs> it's treat yourself, right? That's the, that's the whole thing. Sure. Doesn't stop them. 
doesn't stop him from going to get a croissant at at Common Bond. Or, no, uh, it does not. But the packaging's really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, judging by pictures of their locations uh, in Miami and Austin and Dallas, I think you'll be you'll be impressed. I think the packaging will will meet the requirements of the neighborhood. Okay, looking forward to it. I always like a new spot to try. Yeah, and admittedly, this is like a year away, so we've got plenty of time to learn more about the salty, and and we'll uh, we'll get more details as it gets closer. But that is uh, one of last week's big announcements. All right, topic number three: Atlanta-based Pan Asian concept Tin Drum Asian Kitchen is opening on Shepherd Drive near Washington Avenue next year. It is a fast, casual concept that, in its own words, serves a greatest hits kind of menu, Chinese, Sichuan, Japanese, Thai, Vietnamese, Indian, and Korean dishes. Mary, the the restaurant that that brings to mind more than anything is Peiwei, the fast, casual offshoot of P.F. Chang's. Do we need a new Payway style restaurant in Houston. I, I'm where are payways anymore? I don't know where there is one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The one on Wa is long gone. That was my the that was my Wa, payway used, go-to. I used to hit that all the time in law school. And there used to be one off of um off of uh West Park and like Buffalo in the Kroger shopping center. Uh yes, that one's also gone. I didn't know. I don't think it's still there. So, I mean, I don't know if the payways of, of yester, yesteryear are gone. Maybe we do need one. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, no, I, I can confirm the payway at Buffalo Speedway and West Park is still open. Okay. Oh, look at you Googling. Well, yeah. yeah I haven't been to a fast, fast on the Google. I haven't been to payway in years. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I feel like. With all of the food to go services and everything else, the Uber Eats and DoorDash and all of that, that there's room for this. Well, and it also checks the box of you know food and bowls, right? We all want the convenience of of a bowl, you know, protein, vegetable. It's relatively light. It's relatively healthy. Comes with some sort of rice or noodle situation. I, I and it's super affordable. I mean, the entrees start they run sort of in that ten to fifteen dollar range. So. You know, you'll spend probably 20 bucks here with, uh, you know, if you get a drink or a appetizer or something, but you know, that's, that's all to the good. And, and there's certainly plenty of apartment dwellers up and down Washington Avenue who will, like you said, either, either grab this, you know, curbside or they'll order it from whatever third-party service they want to use. But yeah, I think, uh, I think this makes a lot of sense. It'll it'll do great. I mean, fast casual, that area, the density is there. It checks all the boxes. Absolutely. All right, Mary, that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. Today's show is sponsored by Balconis Distilling. Balconis makes grain to glass whiskeys at their distillery in Waco. I could talk about all the awards they've won or that they're one of the pioneers of the growing American single malt movement. Instead, I want to talk about flavor, specifically of their flagship Texas One single malt. Pour a dram and you'll get aromas of toffee and overripe fruit. Take a sip 
and savor the silky texture and flavors like lightly toasted bread with butter and marmalade. The finish offers more of those coffee toffee notes with wood flavors that round it all out. Personally, I drink my whiskey neat, but you're welcome to try it with a little water or even in any classic whiskey cocktail. Look for Balconis in stores, bars, and restaurants across Texas. Try it. I think you'll like it. Mary, for our restaurant of the week, I want to talk to you about Alba Ristorante. This is the new restaurant in the Hotel Grand Duca from Chef Maurizio Ferrarese. Of course, we know Maurizio from his many years at Quattro in the Four Seasons and then his stint at Roma. Uh, Mary, before we talk about Alba, let me just ask you, do you have any fond memories of Restaurant Cavour, which was the restaurant that had been at the Grand Duca? I love this hotel. I think it's a very old world hotel. It kind of feels like you're not in Houston. I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of back courtyard pool terrace area, but it's got, it's landscaped gorgeously. It's got these gorgeous palm trees minus, you know, any given day where the humidity is really high in Houston, it does feel like you could possibly be in the South of France. (laughs) Um, So I love, I love the building. I liked the previous restaurant. Um, You know, it's a small space. It still feels like an intimate space. So I think it's, for me, previous iteration, it was probably more of a kind of like breakfast meeting spot or lunch spot, more on the casual side. I definitely think the transition from what they were to what this is, is significantly higher end. Yeah, I, you know, we were, we were talking earlier about Aaron Bluedorn's plans and you sort of floated the idea of a, a fine dining Italian restaurant. I mean, there really only are a couple of those in town. There's sort of DeMarco. Uh, I know that's one of your favorites. And of course, there's Potente, Jim Crane's restaurant downtown. Sorrento. Uh, but I would, Sorrento. Sorrento's still good. Fair, fair. Okay. But I would put Alba kind of in that same uh, perspective, right? Or that same genre, right? Very, very elegant, uh, very elevated Italian cuisine. Yeah, I think I think for me, there's always room for regardless of what's going on in the world and economics and everything else, I think there's always room for a handful of really high end local restaurants. I'm going to take steak houses completely out of the category, but this fits the bill for that. I think what were there? 10 tables. Um, Yeah. I think the whole thing seats about 30 people. Yeah. So the intimacy of it, the fact that it's a tasting menu format, Um, I think it's, you know, a good date spot. I think it's a good special occasion spot. I think it's a good powerhouse meeting spot. Um, I think the level of service was very, very good. I wish that maybe the wine list had a little more extensive selection than it did. And, but you know what? I can't complain that much. The price points are going to be high on a concept like this. I thought the food did deliver. I thought some of it was maybe a little heavy handed, but the food was very good. I would, I would go back to this restaurant and I've recommended it to my friends that like this style of dining. I mean, kind of my favorite high end restaurants. I mean, I, I still love DeMarco. I, I love BCN. I love these styles of restaurants, not for every day, but there is room for a concept like this. No, absolutely. And, and sort of turning to the specifics of what we ate. I mean, you know, Maurizio has always been known for his pastas and 
those are very much intact. I thought those were the two highlights of the meal, the, the short rib ravioli and then the asobuco risotto. I mean, both cooked properly, both very flavorful, both pretty to look at, you know, just, just a home run for both dishes. The presentation of the space is gorgeous too. I mean, it's really, really pretty. I think it's a nice added amenity for guests of this hotel to be able to, you know, stay in house and have this level of dining if they want it. Also, they're in the middle of Uptown Park, so they can walk to other concepts nearby. But uh, Grand Duke is all about service, and we definitely experienced very good service this evening on the on the night that we dined there. No, we did, and you know, I get. Like I, I get sort of, um, I, I, I push back a little bit, you know, if you're, if I feel like you're fussing over me too much, I start to get a little bit, <laughs> a little bit antsy, but, but inner, you know, inner, inner five-year-old Mary is all about it. Okay. Like I, <laughs> four hour dinner, sign me up. Uh, I mean, you know, my fifth birthday was at Tony's. So the bar was set really high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was the only thing is I, I, I might have liked them to pick up the pace just a little bit. Um, but again, the, the service is solicitous. It's polished. You know, they were certainly knowledgeable about the menu. Um, I don't know. Is there anything, uh, you know, we talked about the two pastas. I mean, that beef tartare was really good. Just a really classic presentation. I like their uh, desserts. You know. Their pastries were good. Um, I was- oh, yeah. That really great. Uh, also, not Asabuco, Sorry. Uh, tiramisu. Yeah, tiramisu was great. I was, I kind of look at restaurants like this and sometimes the meal's great. And then by the time you get to dessert, it starts to falter. Um, so it was nice to see that their dessert held up to the same standards as the rest of the menu. Yeah. Any other uh, observations about? Cocktails were great. We did start with a cocktail. I always like to start at a cocktail at, at these type of experiences. I mean, obviously, you know, they're going to spend some time and attention and money on their wine list, but I want to know that I can start with a good cocktail. So I thought their specialty cocktails uh, were nicely chosen. And of course, you know, you could have any other type of top shelf martini or whiskey you'd want to have here as well. Yeah. So like you were saying, you, you said you, you would go back and you recommended this to other people. Yeah. I mean, for, for the friends I have that are looking for, you know, that want to try the blue Dorns of the world when they, come out and everybody asks both you and I, like, how is it everything else? Um, would you go there? Would you recommend it? I mean, this, this fits the bill for that. So good on them because I don't imagine that they have to do a lot of people a night. And so it won't be so hard for them uh, to sell out their seatings. I mean, if they only seat 30, I can't imagine that they do more than two seatings a night. So people are really in for a treat. You're not going to be rushed out of here. No, I, I think that, that more than anything is kind of what sets all apart is, you know, I'll, I'll hear from people periodically. It's like, where can we go where we don't feel rushed, where it's quiet enough to talk, where, you know, it's kind of old school. This is it. I mean, this is Alba Ristorante is that place. It is <laughs> as intimate and reserved. And, you know, again, it's, it's in the Hotel Grand Duca. So it's kind of set. It's part of Uptown Park, but it's set away from it. You know, you don't have to hassle with parking or whatever. It's, you know, valet's right there. Uh, all of those things, I think, sort of recommend it. Absolutely. For my, the, my inner old soul loves this place. 
All right. So the the ultimate question: you are a you are a Demarco super fan. Yes. Does this does this meet the standard of Demarco? Would you would you go here, or would you would you stay with Demarco? Okay. Answer me this: is is Grand Duca's restaurant open for lunch? Because I use Demarco for lunch like it's going out of style. Ooh, that is a good question. I. <laughs> <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. If it's open for lunch, the answer is yes. If it's not, not a chance. <laughs> because... uh, dinner only, I think. Okay. So for me, my kind of whenever whenever I say DeMarco to people, people are like, ooh, you know, like they immediately think it's so expensive. And you can absolutely spend as much as you want at this place. I mean, a friend of mine who you know as well, Will Walsh and I do a friend's Christmas, Friendsgiving. Christmas dinner every year at DeMarco where we literally order everything on the specials that goes from like the special Florentine steak for two white Alba truffles, you name it. But their lunch for 35, 36 bucks is a steal. And for people that are intimidated by the cost of DeMarco or how expensive it can be, lunch is the, is the best. And it's incredibly wonderful at lunch. Um, you get great service and you're not rushed out and you're able to have a conversation. The attorney and real estate broker in me frequently uses this restaurant. Yes. Dinner only Tuesday through Saturday. I looked it up on the website. Yeah. DeMarco's lunch. Sorry. You can't beat it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mary, I'm going to say that does it for the restaurant of the week. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. And you can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.